Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. How to live well is what I was assigned to talk about today. So I am excited because in the next three hours, we will cover how to live well. Get, just buckle up. Just buckle up today. No, just, all right, we'll try to get you out of here a little bit sooner than that. But, um, man, this, this how-to series. This is, uh, Bishop started off the series on how to overcome, and he, and, he, and he said a statement right in the beginning. He said, it, it's not about formulas, right? Like, we're not just trying to give you, like, hey, X, Y, Z, plus this, do this, and you got this down, but more about principles to live your, your life by. And Brooke followed up into the same thing in relationships, did a great job. And then Pastor Deb. You just came out and crushed the forgiveness. She, t- she talked about the story of Chris Williams. <sighs> that wasn't a gut check, man, I tell you. Um, if you have not listened to that one, uh, go back and you can listen on the podcast. Um, just, just, how, just how to handle forgiveness in a Christ-like manner. And it was, it, was, it was a gut check and a reality check all at the same time. So great job on that one. And then Bishop comes in last week, and he said something that really, really kind of came on, on serving. And he said that, Serving really isn't how to serve. It's more of the heart behind serving, right? It's the heart behind serving that matters. Because, again, you can go out in the community and you can serve people. But if you're in the back of your mind, you're like, I hate this. What am I doing? I don't even like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. But I got to look good to do this. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Come on. That's not doing anybody any favors, right? Let's be real about this. So the whole series, the whole series could probably be renamed Why To, right? Why, why to do any of this stuff. But how-to is just better. We like lists, right? We like check-offs and make us feel good. We got these things. My wife, oh, my wife loves lists. I'm, I'm kind of the procrastinator of lists. Like, I got it kind of just stewing in the back. But then all of a sudden, she's like, uh, you know there's like 14 things on that list, right? And you're on one. <laughs> so then it helps me because I love her, you know, this, this whole thing. But here's what's crazy, though, is that sometimes we feel these gaps. And, and we, we I, I hear this a lot. Doc, what do I have to do to be healthy? Just tell me the five things to do, and I'll do them, and then let's just be on our way. But I got to think about this. I'm like, let's just look at spiritual growth like this. Ten Commandments, right? Let's look at the Ten Commandments. Like, hey, here's how you, here's how you love God. Let's just do the Ten Commandments. All right, so if you guys are willing, let's just, just follow me through on this one. Um, since you guys know Christ, or if you haven't, just bear with me. Look around because this will help. But the Ten Commandments, how many of you have followed the Ten Commandments perfectly since you've known Christ? Perfectly. My hand's not up either. Yeah. Like, then you usually get like two of them. Like, how many of you have not lied? How many of you have, and again, I didn't kill anybody, but Jesus takes that to a whole nother level. How many of you, you can't be angry at your brother, right? Going to bed angry. Those two I failed at. So if you're, if you're new to Jesus and this whole God thing, take comfort that no one in this room has raised their hands. No one. No one. And yet God loved us so much even in that iniquity, right? But, but again, that's just, I just want to emphasize the point. He gave us ten things. Like, how to? Ten things. We can't even pass them. We can't even do these things. So I'm like, all right, all right, all right. We've got to step back here for a second because if that doesn't do the case, it's, it's not, we don't just want to give you more behavioral modifications to live well because whatever reigns and rules in your heart, that's what's going to overflow into your attitudes and actions. Right? And so we have to get down to the root of the issue and we have to get a heart change inside here. So as so I was praying to God, I have, I have my date with God, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, God, what are we, what are we, what are we going to talk about? You know, we got to talk about living well. And I just, it came to the really natural scripture of numbers. 
So if we can pull up numbers, if you have it on the screen, we're going to go numbers four. This is what we're in. This is profound living well stuff here. Okay. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, record the names of the members of the clans of the families of the Kohathites division of the tribe of Levi. All right. So that was good. All right. That was good. <laughs> Whew. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling it, man. I got the heart behind it, man. I'm going to live well now. <laughs> All right, let's just keep going on this one. So let's just fast forward here a little bit. Let's go to, I think it's 4.24.26. We got that one up. I got to apologize. I didn't write it down. I was just banking that they had these on the notes. So, All right. So the Gershonites' clans will be responsible for general service and carrying loads. So the Gershonites, okay, so they have the Levites. These guys are responsible for the tabernacle. Right? And then you have these clans inside here, so that's where the Gershonites come into play. They must carry the curtains of the tabernacle, the tabernacle itself with the coverings, the outer coverings, the fine goatskin leather curtains for all the tabernacle entrance. Yeah. They're also going to carry the curtains for the courtyard, the walls around the tabernacle, the altar, the curtains across the courtyard, the entrance, the ropes, all the equipment related to the use. The Gershonites are responsible for all these items. I'm just feeling it more and more. My heart is just like, yes, I'm getting this thing. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Let's just see what happens here, all right? Let's do, let's do 29. So now record the names of the members of the clans of the division of the tribe of Levi. All right, so we got list all the men between the ages of 30 and 50 who are eligible to serve in the tabernacle. So you guys are going to, it'll come together. Just keep going with me here. So let's just keep rolling. All right, so their only duty, their only duty will be to carry the loads. They will carry the frames of the tabernacle, the crossbars, the posts, the bar, or, and the bases. Yep, keep going. I think we got, let's go to 34. Also, the posts of their courtyard walls, accessories, assign the various loads to each man by name. All right, is there one more? 33? Yeah, yep, yep. And so these are the duties of the Merarite clans of the tabernacle. They are directly responsible for Ithmar, son of Aaron the priest. <laughs> Why are we going over this stuff? <laughs> you guys ever read about the tabernacle? You guys ever read about this thing? I mean, this thing is a detailed explanation. A detailed explanation of how God wants them as they're going through the wilderness to set up camp, okay? So they're setting up camp. I mean, he gets the curtains down, the dimensions, everything about it, all right? And then he, he signs all these tribes. I mean, literally, these guys, there's their tribes. And if you want to pull the next screen, let's, let's pull this one up. Do, do you guys put the numbers on there? Yeah. Okay, so when he said take, take how many people there are, so ages of 30 to 50 who can serve in this area, so to carry poles, to carry the curtains, to, to take care of the most holy of holy places. The Kohathite division, 2,700 people. We have the Gershonite division, 2,600 people. And we have the Merarite division, 3,200 people. This is 10,000 people dedicated to carrying the poles, the curtains, and transporting this thing. 10,000 people to do this. Why? Because that was the dwelling place of God. It mattered that much that the presence of God would be around them. And he put 10,000 people in charge of this. You guys, the cloud, the cloud would be burning, and all of a sudden it would move, pack up shop, 10,000 people, load them up, move it along. And there's other people in this area. This is just for the people carrying the rods. So, okay, all right. We're going to wrap. We're going we're gonna, to we're come together on this thing, because I know you just say I'm a little weird at this point, so it's okay. Let's, let's just fast forward. So that was, that was the tabernacle, right? That's the temporary dwelling place of God when they're in the wilderness. Let's fast forward. Let's go to 1 Kings, all right? Because that's the second place we want to go to living well. We're going to go to 1 Kings 5, 13 through 17. All right. We all know about the temple, right? King Solomon. This guy's, this guy's the real deal when it comes to building houses and temples and everything else. Okay, the King Solomon constructed a labor force of 30,000 men from Israel. He sent them to Lebanon, shifts of 10,000 every month. So each man would be one month in Lebanon and two months at home. Um, Adoniram was in charge of the labor force. 
Solomon also had 70,000 laborers, 80,000 quarry workers in the hill country, and 3,600 foremen to supervise the work. At the king's command, they quarried large blocks and high-quality stone and shaped them to make them foundation of the temple. <laughs> so, this is, so he had 30,000 people that he'd sent over to Lebanon to get timbers. That was their job, to get timbers for the temple. And 10,000 each month in shifts to do this thing. And Lebanon, he's, the king, he made a deal with, with Solomon. He's like, man, I'll, I'll have some labor force there for you too. Don't you worry about it. But you want to send another 10,000 over, we'll, we'll get some timbers for you. And then there's 70,000 people just out there just gathering resources to build the temple. This temple was extravagant. Again, you guys read through. If you've not read through the temple, it is... Puts anything I think probably puts anything I know of to shame when I'm thinking about this thing. And it even says in scripture that I'm spitting so much, I'm getting excited. It even says that silver was worthless. That's how that's how amazing this temple was. Okay. What was the purpose of the temple? What was the purpose of the temple? That was Solomon wanted to do that to honor David, his, his dad, because that was going to be the dwelling place of God, the permanent dwelling place of God. So you guys. Amazing amount of resources, time, and energy into this thing. I mean, amazing amounts of time and resources. Okay, so now we're going to fast forward. We're going to come into New Testament. We're, we're going to listen about 1 Corinthians. What does what Paul have to say about the situation? So we got 1 Corinthians 6, 19, yes, from the ESV. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. Okay, so... Again, there's, there's, there's context of the scripture, so we're not going to necessarily dive in, but I want you to, he references the body as the temple. Go to the next one, and we have uh, follow up in John 2.19. What does he say? So this is when they were giving him, giving him a hard time, and Jesus answers them in this rebuttal. He says, I'm, I'm going to destroy this temple, and in three days I'm going to raise it up again. Oh, man. Okay. They thought he was crazy, by the way, because they think thinking they are talking about the permanent dwelling of the temple, but he was actually referring to what? His body. His body. So, if we look at the timeline inside of here, we have the tabernacle, Old Testament. This was the, this was the, the dwelling place of God when they were in the wilderness. They'd pack this thing up. It was kind of like their like a, a really amazing tent, all right? So then they do that thing, pack it up, all these resources. Now we get the permanent dwelling place of God. I mean, 100,000 men just gathering timbers, let alone the gold and everything else inside of it. Again, if you haven't read through, read it. It's amazing what goes on. And now we come to the New Testament, we realize that, well, the Holy Spirit of God, the dwelling place of God is inside of us. And yet how much time and energy and resources do we put into it? It's a gut check. It was a gut check for me. And, and <laughs> I... It's hard to think about that for a second. So then I was just like, okay, well, let's just picture real life. If we were a manager of, a, of an estate, right? So we were, we were in charge of taking care of a house. And we knew that a, a, an honored guest was coming, all right? So we knew that President of the United States, some royal family, whoever it might be, they were coming to your house. How many people were just like, ah, it's not a big deal. Ah, it's okay. Uh, it's not like dust in the corners, not cleaning the toilets. It's fine. Don't worry about it. No one, I don't think anyone in the room would do that, right? And <laughs> this is the place where God lives inside of us. Why are we okay with a dirty temple, a dirty house inside of us? That's not all right. Like, 
let's take care of this because when we, when we take care of this temple, when we live well from a physical standpoint, now there's more to physical, we're going to get there, but from a physical standpoint, we can't just put garbage in the corners. We can't put garbage inside of us and expect that to just flourish. We wouldn't do that. We would never do it if we were the manager of an estate. So why would we do it inside there, right? So it's just the heart check of like, okay, man, maybe, maybe I should just put some energy towards taking care of myself a little bit, right? And because this falls now on the spectrum. So let's talk about this spectrum. Now we're like, all right, let's take care of our bodies. This is where I've kind of seen this, where we have one spectrum where it's like, God can and will heal anything. Absolutely true. God can and will heal anything, okay? So we come over this side of the spectrum where we're like, no, God has given man wisdom, and so we can put our faith and trust in our, in our current society of, of, of care, if you will, of medical care, right? So we get sick, let's just trust in that because God's given man wisdom. I think taken out of context, any one of these spectrums, just like any scripture, gets us into trouble a little bit. Because if we go on this side of the spectrum over here, and we're like, all right, God can, will, heal anything. He, he is all-powerful God. Absolutely. Um, I just have a hard time. I have a hard time believing anybody's going to argue that God heals this person, right? This, I mean, raising from the dead, whatever the case is, they have heart disease, clogged arteries, had a heart attack, they're dying on the table. Heals them. Boom, they stand up. But that person goes and eats Big Macs, French fries, smokes a pack of cigarettes a day for the next six months. Is that okay? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he can, but now let, let's honor what God has given us. Let's be good stewards of this temple inside of us, right? So, again, there's that spectrum. Now we come over to this spectrum, and it's like, all right, so God's given man some wisdom, and yes, he has, and we have, we have common grace, and so um, sex is one of those things, right? That's just, let's just go there. It's a, it's a thing, and it's beautiful inside of marriage, right? It's an awesome thing. Whole chapters dedicated to this thing on the Bible goes through it in detail. But that, taking, so does that mean because God's given us that, that, that he's then giving us pornography? Like, taken out of context? You see what I'm saying? Like, any of these things, when you make them extremes, and you're just like, you put all the eggs in one basket on either of these things, it just gets, it just gets muddled inside there. Right? And so, so somewhere in between, and, I, and guys, we're not going to solve this spectrum of where you should be at or those things, but what it does come down to, and what I do know is that, yes, this is a dwelling place of God, and God doesn't create junk. God doesn't create junk. We're, we're created in his image. There's 100 million chemical reactions going on every second. We have no clue what's going on. Let's just be 100% real about this thing. Zero clue. Okay, think about this for a second. We know, like, we know all the ingredients of the body, the carbon, hydrogens, and there's nitrogen. There's all these things that we know, and physiology, and anatomy. Okay, so let's do this then. I'm going to give you all the ingredients of the body. Uh, how well are we at making a human? There's an, with... with how well are we doing that? Like, we've never, never taken these things. Like, whew, yep, got it, got it, got it. And boom, there's the human. Nailed it. <laughs> I just, like, I just kind of picture God. Like, I have these, like, weird things when I'm in there. But I just picture God just like, there's some dust. Whew, human. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> boom, my image. Oh, Adam, he's... Kind of sketchy. Let's get him someone who knows what they're doing. Boom! Eve. Done. Rib. Like, like he doesn't even think twice about it. But like, we're like, oh, i got to read some more books. Like, I just saw this new science thing. Like, we can clone. Think about cloning even. People are like, what about cloning? Listen, they already took a living thing. The life was already breathed inside of them and made something else. They've never done this thing on their own. So that is the, that is the God inside of you that does not create junk that's in each and every one of you. And man, I just get excited about that because you see it all the time. You see it all the time. Where I'm like, again, I don't pretend to know where you're at on the spectrum inside there, but realize that that's inside of you. And, and once we do that, 
man, it just, it just changes perspectives a little bit, I guess is, is the best way to say it. And my heart, when I think about that, when I think about why taking care of ourselves, if that amount of energy is put in the tabernacle, that amount of energy is put in the temple, we have the living temple inside of us, God doesn't create junk, why can't I do my part? A little bit even, right? And so let's just talk about three really basic things. And again, we're not going to get into the, the, the physical side of things, but here's three things I'm going to challenge you with. One is vegetables. Like, honestly, like, I get people coming in all the time, and they're not eating vegetables. You're not going to shortcut this one. You need to eat some vegetables. And I'm not talking about corn and white potatoes. Like, that doesn't count. <laughs> Half of you are like, I'm going to meet that guy outside. No, <laughs> this is not fun anymore. And catch up. Don't even get me started on it. Okay. So, <laughs> vegetables. Guys, honestly, figure out a way to incorporate some vegetables in your life. That is the nourishment inside of you. Don't try to isolate them. Don't try to shortchange it. There are some beautiful things inside of vegetables that help nourish your body. Okay? Let's just, vegetable at every meal. Let's make that a goal. Number two, water. Uh, I'm not talking about water with high fructose corn syrup added to it, with sugar, with, you know, lemon tea. I like that sweet tea, Doc. It's got water. Yeah, that's true. That was a southern thing, sweet tea. Um, that's true. Guys, I'm talking just H2O. <laughs> I laugh because now there's this whole thing of like, well, what kind of water? Should we do bottled water? Is it tap water? Is it reverse osmosis? Alkaline water? What are we doing? What kind of water? Guys, let, water. Let's just stick with water for now, and then we'll build on this thing as time goes on. But water, vegetables, water, okay? So we have those two kind of core concepts from the physical side of your life. Let's go with number three. I feel this one is actually a struggle for a lot of people. It's, 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 it's kind of scary, and that's uh, sleep. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, sleep. And I would say seven, eight hours for most people, and minimum six. If you're, if you're hovering below that six line, like, man, that, that's got to be priority inside there for your body. That's the time your body heals and recovers. Um, when I sleep, that's when I have dreams, and that's when God speaks to me sometimes. So, like, I just love sleep. I go, you can't, you can't hate those things. Um, those are the three areas I just want to encourage you on. And, and if you're not, if you're, if you're struggling in one of those, man, just start there. Just start there, all right? Because... It can get, we can open up this whole thing, and we would be here for three hours. And I would be shameless about doing that to you, but we won't do that to you. Um, trying to go through some of the nuances, taking care of that. That's just the physical th- side of things, though, okay? We know God doesn't create junk. Let's just start to cooperate. But here's the other thing. So you start reading through scriptures, then you, you come across this one, and I'm, I just, I'm, I love, I mean, I just love talking about God doesn't create junk. I'm really, it's just, it, it's a phenomenal thing. When you start talking about, like, you can take your lungs, and if you spread them as a single layer, it can take the area of a tennis court. Like, that's an amazing thing to think about. When you t- start taking the neurons and the pumps, and you start looking at those amazing human facts, like, that stuff just gets me kind of just fired up about God. Like, it, we can't do those things on our own. But again, we can get there, but then, because then, you know, I'm all into it. And also I read something like this, 1 Timothy 4, 8. And again, it's not on the screen, but um, from the ESV it says, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Yeah, it's physical support of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is great, but godliness is here and it's for the, it's for the future to come. And I, uh, I had a gut check when I was in North Carolina at one of my first pastors that poured a lot in my life, he goes, Colton, he's like, what if you have a lot of really healthy, you know, healthy people, physically healthy people, and they all go to hell? I step back, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Right? Taking care of yourself, yes, guys, let's do it. Let's honor our bodies. Let's serve God. Let's, let's be loving in relationships because we know that those issues. But, man, if we don't change the heart behind God, and getting in a right relationship, then what is it for? 
Because we're here for a short amount of time, but eternity is a much bigger issue. Okay, so let's start to plant in those things. So when that happens, I, I think of godliness, and I'm like, all right, man, we can go down so many, so many paths on that one. Let's just take, let's just take the, the one where they're like, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? Right? It's on Matthew, it's referenced in a couple other spots, 22, 37. He's like, you love God. All your mind, all your heart, all your soul. You love God. Second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. I'm like, all right. Yeah, we've got to love God. So if I want to love God, what does God want me to do? So first of all, guys, this is a hard thing. And we gotta, if we want to love God, we've got to know what God says. We've got to know who God is. Why does Scripture keep telling us to renew our mind in the Scripture? Because that's who God is. That's who God is. Like, so first and foremost, yeah, eat your vegetables, drink your water, get some sleep. But man, I encourage you, if you want to, if you want to love God and be godly, know God. Let's get, in, let's get in Scripture and just bathe in who he is. Okay? And that's going to live us, that's going to help us now in this, in this present age and eternity. And guys, I'm going to tell you, there's also a side thing here. Um, when you talk about the physical body, the mental's connected to this thing. Like, this thing talks to this thing. So we've got to make sure this thing is talking to this thing the way it should. And one of your mindset is knowing who God is, being in that realm. That will affect you physically, by the way. So it's an amazing concept. Um, and so, again, another encouragement to be godly. So I like this, though, because if we want to be godly, I'm like, all right, so if we're talking about how-tos, what, how, like, how do we do the works of God? Like, what are the works of God, right? Like, this is kind of my brain thinking about this. And so if we look at John 6.28, ESV, again, it's not on the screen, I apologize, but they ask him. So this is after Jesus feeds all these people. Like Jesus feeds this massive crowd of people and he crosses over the water and, they, and so he's, he's gone and they wake up in the morning like, where is Jesus? Where is he? And they're like, all right, oh, he's on the other side of the lake. So they all like get over the other side of the lake and they, they come running up to him and he's like, he's like, you guys didn't come here because of the works and you guys didn't believe in God and the, and the miracles that were happening. He's like, you're, you're here right now because I fed you. Like your stomachs are full. And they're like, oh, yeah, you got us, you know, as Jesus does. And he's like, so they ask him, like, what do we do? Like, what are the work? Like, how do, we, how do we do the works of God? This is Jesus' answer to him. 628. What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. I just love that, man. Because who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. It goes back to the same concept of, all right, so if I want to love God, i got to believe in whom he is sent. That's Jesus. Believe in Jesus is, you guys, it's both a, a miraculously amazing thing because of our iniquities that we know we can never fulfill. He covers us and he knows that no matter where you're at and the, and the, and the things you have going on in your life, this, this gap, if you will, whether it be you just know you're not right with God. For whatever fills that gap, because of an addiction, because of a relationship, because of finances, whatever it is, you're just like, man, I just don't feel right with God. We know that Jesus, his son, comes in and he can cover that for you. And you're made perfect. There's no, there's no reason to feel shame and guilt and those kind of things because of him. But it's also a really humbling thing because once you, once you accept Jesus as the son of God, it changes your life. And there's certain things and certain of the world, if you will, that you're, that's just not good. Like, you just don't want that stuff anymore, right? And so, again, it's, it's not that it should, but it's, it's, it's focusing on him and having this love overflowing your life and this gratitude that, man, there's someone, there's someone that was perfect in every way. Like, literally, I, I just picture, like, for me, being a parent, a new parent, like, like Bishop said, I picture my son, like, the guy, the, the, he hasn't done anything wrong. Like, the, he just... He's just, if you ever met him, he's just a smiley little baby, right? 
And that little guy is knowingly going to give his life up for the scum over here. The guy who just murdered or, or stole. Or, or I mean, you guys, as bad as bad is. So no matter where, if you're feeling like you're short of God, read the Bible. There's people that are doing way worse than you, I can promise you. All right? So that's, that's who my little son would die for. He gave his life so that you could be free and made whole. Guys, that just hits me. It hits me to the core. And there's many times where I just reminisce on that. And so, and I think of, man, why do I get caught up in this ridiculous mindset of things? Like, why, why am I caught up worrying about things? When, when, when God's word tells you, hey, man, just trust in me. Like, just love me. Like, just come to me. Like, I'll lead you the way. Like, it's okay. Stop fighting. Just, just put your trust and love in me. I got you. You guys, this is the God of the universe who, who doesn't create junk, who, who can do anything. Like, we're not even talking like, there's just some person that's like, yeah, no, I'm a good person. No, he has the power to change anything, and yet we doubt those things. And then, man, Mark 9, this is one of my scriptures I keep going back to. And it's one of those in my, in my head that I'm like, I check myself on this actually fairly regularly on a daily, almost on a daily basis. Mark 9, it's when they come down and they, they tell the transfiguration, and a bunch of people are huddling around, and they, they come up to Jesus and they're like, man, like, What's going on? Because your disciples couldn't, they couldn't cast the demon out of this guy. And Jesus, Jesus does, like, he's like, all right, lack of faith, here we come, you know. So he comes over, he's like, what's going on? My kid, since birth, man, he's like, he's weeping, gnashing his teeth, he pulls himself in the fire, like, this, he's, he's not doing well, this dad's, this dad's telling Jesus. He's like, all right. He's like, the guy says to him, he's like, if you can help him, like, the, the, the dad asked Jesus, like, if you can help him, like, would you, would you help him? He's like, she's like, if I can. He's like, anything is possible for those who believe. And so, like, I get all caught up. I'm like, yeah, believe. And then, he, and then, he, and then the, guy, the dad says this. He's like, I believe. Semicolon, doot, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. And, you know, and there's so many times if I'm really honest with myself, I'm not, I, I don't believe. Because if I believed, I wouldn't have this worry. I wouldn't have this stress. I would believe that I am enough, that this gap is enough. I would look at my life and say, hey, wait a minute. I can literally walk. I can see. I can hear. I have, I have heat on right now. There's food in my stomach. Like, what am I worrying about? These are all grace from God, that that's a provision given to us. If we can overflow with that attitude towards God, think how that changes our mindset and our physical ability to walk out throughout the day. Right? You guys, but here's, here's the thing, is that to live well, to, to follow Jesus, to do these things, it takes what? It takes faith. Right? There's the faith component to it. And so if you, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to this story. And this is one of the stories that I've, um, it's in Mark 7. Mark 7, we're going to Mark 7, 24. And in this story, I'm going I'm to read it to you. I'm going to read it verbatim. And then I'm going to kind of paraphrase and go through. Because I, I want to know that this isn't my story making up. Like, I just want to know this is from the Word of God. So this is ESV, Mark 7, 24. All right, and there arose... So it's about a um, Syrophoenician woman's faith, meaning that she's a Gentile, not of, of the faith Syrophoenician. Okay. So, and from there, he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house, and he did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had, had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. So meaning not of the tribe of Israel, right? She's kind of an outsider, if you will. And she begged him to cast out the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Jesus said to her, Let the children be fed first. It's not right for, to take a children's bread and throw it to dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord. Yet even dogs under the table eat the, eat the children's crumbs. 
And he said to her, for, the statement you, for, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the, the child lying in bed and the demon gone. I'm going to walk back. And guys, just so you know, if you're, if you're new to the Bible, it, he's not making reference to like this woman being a dog and like, like making her like subclass like that. That's not the, the point of it, just as a side note. But why, why is that one? The other day it just hit me and it, it kind of rocked me. So Jesus, I was like, why, why is he talking about Jesus going to the house? Like, why does he start off that story with Jesus going to the house? So think about this for a second. So you're an outcast. Like you're, you're, you know you don't belong in an area. Um, and so you have to, Knowing like, man, I, I am not fit for this. You have to walk into this area and not only just like this neighborhood, if you will, right? Like a neighborhood, you're like, man, this is just not right for me. And not only walk through the neighborhood, but walk into the house, okay? The amount of awkwardness and angst that I would feel, I guess it would be comparable to this. You would have to, to, to come up here without any clothes on whatsoever and just walk across the stage. Like knowing you're not to do that and like make a request right here. Just like, um, Jesus, my daughter is sick. Like, this isn't good. But, you know what I'm trying to, I'm just trying to make you, like, think of how, just, just think of all the reasons she could talk herself out of this thing to do this, okay? But her daughter was so sick, she had nowhere else to turn. She's like, man, I, I gotta have faith. I've heard of this Jesus guy. I gotta go talk to him. So she walks in, walks in the door, and, and then it's not like she just opens the door and Jesus is like, oh, you're here. Yeah, your daughter, I know. Get out of here. No, she goes and pleads her case. She's like, man, my, my daughter's sick. She's got a demon. Please help her. He gives her like, hey, it's not right. Like, you're not of our faith. Like, this is, like, this. I was here for them first. Her response, yeah. But even, Jesus, just a little bit of you, just a crumb of you will make my daughter well. Just a crumb. Because of her faith makes her well. You guys, here's the thing. If she heard of Jesus, if she just hears of Jesus and does nothing, does her daughter get well? No. Like, she literally had to get up, go into the house, feel that angst and that awkwardness over everything, go in, sit at them and say, Jesus, I just need a crumb. I just need a crumb. And my life will be, like, my daughter will be made well. A huge piece of me will be made well. And you guys, this isn't just one story in the Bible. We can look, we have, think of it, Moses splitting the Red Sea. Think of the faith of Moses splitting the Red Sea. Guys, he does this, open up, nothing happens. He looks like a moron. Are you serious? You told me to do this, God? Okay. No, I mean, Noah's a classic, right? Like, dun, 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 dun. I can just see, like, driving by, like, crazy. There's no rain. Crazy. God told him something. And he took action on that in faith. Yes. Joshua, all right, God, I'm going to pray the sun stands still, that when we go to war, that no, you know, no enemy be unleft, that literally, I don't want the sun to go down. Uh, do you know that every day that I've been on earth, the sun has gone down? Do you know what you're asking? Cuckoo. Boop, boop. God put it on his heart. He spoke and he had action and faith. Yes, walk around Jericho seven times. Blow some trumpets, walls are going to come down. <laughs> Joshua, that's your plan for real? That's what we're going to do. Okie dokie. Let's come up. Let's just, let's just go up to the, to the New Testament. Now, we got these people, man, who are, who are paralyzed. They hear Jesus' name. They drag their friend, man. They drag their friend to this little cottage. And, man, there's just people just swarming around this thing. They're like, we can't get in. Get on the roof. Get on the roof. I just need him in the presence of Jesus. Jesus sees him. Boom. Get up. Walk. Yes, there's a, there's a person. 
on the side of the road calling to God, Son of David, Son of David, heal me. And they, they literally, they're like, shut up. Like, shut up, man. They like try to shush him. He's like, he screams louder. He's like, Jesus, please heal me. He's like, all right, who's, who's calling my name? Boom. Think of the faith for him just to scream out because he hears of Jesus in that area. And yet we can meet freely and read the Bible. Like, it's just a gut check for me every time when I start to think these things. You guys, there's a woman for 12 years has been bleeding. Now, in this, in this day and age, when you're bleeding, you're an outcast, man. You're gross. You're unclean. Like, you're not fit to come into this holy place of God. Like, you're, she spent all of her money on physicians, nothing. Here's of Jesus' name. Finds them. Beats through the crowds to touch his cloak. Just wants to touch one of the garments because, again, she knows if she can just be in his presence and, and feel him, she's healed. And I just, again, she touches it. Who, uh, who touched me? And at this moment, she turns around and they, yes, who touched me? And I, I can just picture the whole crowd. Like the disciples are like, do you not see the hundred of people around you right now? Like there's people pressing up on you all the time, you know? And this is totally paraphrased. That's not up and on you. It's not in the Bible. Just so you know, if you're, if you're, if you're like looking for that verse later on, you know, you're like, there's people up, you know, up in your grill here. So like, it's a mosh pit down here, Jesus, man. You're a party. All right. So he's like, he's like, dude, there's a, there's people all around you, man. Like, there's a lot of people pushing on you. And he turns around, and she just, like, I can just imagine, like, kind of terrified. I mean, guys, think about this. This is a person that just, she knows she's cleaned and healed that power, and she shouldn't be touching him. She's dirty. Like, honestly, like, from, from a law standpoint, like, this is not something she should have done at all. But she had faith when she heard Jesus that, man, if I can just touch him, I will be healed. So she turns around, and she comes up trembling. It's like, your faith made you well. Man. And uh, I just, I, I let that just kind of sink in my heart sometimes because, like I said, we live in this, in a world where, where Jesus has kind of been made a, uh, you know, a swear word or a slang term. And the enemy's done a great job of making Jesus less than Jesus. And when we sit down and we think and we really bask on who is the Son of God, what has he done, what is his heart, who is he behind it, man, I think if we focus on that, I think we live well. I think we live well. And so, you guys, I, I, for those of you that are here and, 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 and love Jesus and, and know Jesus and he's in your heart, man, I, I just pray that we just have an honest conversation, you know, with ourselves and we just figure out, like, God, is there something that I just, I'm lacking of trust, I'm lacking of faith, I'm just, that's just something's just not right with you. I pray that we just, man, we could just confess that honestly and openly in a church, that that's what church is for, that there's no perfect person, but that he has covered us. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.